is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. You can also send a text message to 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. I am not live streaming today. We're not going to do any live streaming um until further notice, just I just don't want the cameras on me during the commercial breaks at this point in time. Uh, we will do it again. It will come back, just not right now, okay? Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on my brand new verified Twitter at RealKCH. And you can also follow me on Facebook at CaseyTheHost. If you'd like to subscribe to the YouTube channel, feel free to do that at CaseyTheHost as well. All right, Uh, so people are asking me about the podcasts, like, you know, since I'm not doing the live streaming here um, for at least least this week, if not next, uh, would the podcast be uploaded and where? For those of you who have not subscribed to the podcast, one, shame on you. Two, the primary host for my podcast is on podbean.com, like as in green beans, podbean.com. So it's caseythehost.com podbean.com that is the primary host i do recommend that you get the podcast from them they have a really good app for your phone and it's awesome you can subscribe to everything you get notifications when new episodes go up and you can listen to them right there from the uh from the app they're really good uh if you are allowed you can download them all of that stuff so it's a really good app i enjoy it i use it for my most of my podcast listening as well as my hosting but if you want to just get my podcasts uh, through the web, just go to my website, theburningtruth.us. You can get the daily show prep there. You, it's newly redesigned today, by the way. Launched the new the new design today, theburningtruth.us. Uh, and again, you can get the podcasts in the podcast section there. So, and those are usually the featured posts at the top of the uh, the website, anyway. All right. 574-2595-953. This is not an area that I am an expert in, but Joe seems to be. You want to be nice to people, right? Generally? Is Usually, that, yeah. Is that considered a positive thing? We still haven't evolved beyond that? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I'm hoping for that evolution to come, but it's it's not. So you're still supposed to be nice. So being nice is still a positive trait according to Joe. Sure. Okay. Uh, Joe, what race are you? I am a white male. You're white. He is so white, he's almost transparent, ladies and gentlemen. And he just told you that you should probably be nice to somebody. Congratulations. Uh, he is a tool of white supremacy. That's according the first to... time I've been told that. <laughs> Did you say not the first or that is the first? Not the first Not time. the first. Okay. A group, that's because you work for me. A group promoting, or with me, with me, with me, with me, fair enough. A group promoting painfully honest conversations about white women and B-I-W-O-C, black, indigenous, and women of color. So we've got a new acronym to memorize now. Just so, just so you're up to the new language. Congratulations, folks. It's 2020. Uh, You would have thought we could have seen this coming by now. You would think. Because it's 2020. 
Maybe if we all went to Southwest Vision Center, we would see things coming because we'd have better vision. All right. Anyway, the BIWOC, Black, Indigenous, and Women of Color, claimed uh, last week that white women's, quote, obsession with being nice is a tool of white supremacy. That's right. If you are a white lady and you are nice, congratulations, your name probably isn't Karen, but you are a tool of white supremacy. Uh, quote, white women's obsession with being nice is one of the most dangerous tools of white supremacy. According to Race to Dinner on Twitter, where the heck that is, uh, see, as reported by the Daily Wire in May, Race to Dinner leaders Regina Jackson and Sarah Ray created the organization to offer white women an opportunity to smash their white fragility. Oh, yeah, I remember that. By hiring women of color to attend dinner with them. Remember that story? We did that. Where you could hire you could hire a woman of color because white is not a color, folks. You'd hire a woman of color to go to dinner with you, um, and and uh, they would they would then be able to um, be guilt tripped for all of their alleged suffering as they caused them uh, by the virtue of being white. So basically, what the the premise was, if I remember everything correctly, is your pasty white lady. And as a result of being a pasty white lady and not being named Karen, you don't have anybody to go to dinner with you. So what you do is you go out there and you hire a woman who is of color other than white, because, again, white is not a color, um, even though you're more of a peachy pink color. But I digress. You hire them. You take them to dinner. And what they do is they shame you over dinner like Al Sharpton shamed P. Buttigieg when he asked him how to eat fried chicken and if it was okay to eat fried chicken with his hands. So that's kind of what the uh, the premise was. So now they're out there telling you that your, you know, your audacity, you white ladies, trying to be nice, it's white supremacy. Now, which is interesting because if you weren't nice to a woman of color, if you're a white lady and you're not nice to a woman of color, no doubt you will have been accused of being a racist. So, like I said, they they don't have any flipping idea what in the heck they're talking about. And they just kind of make it up as they go along. It's kind of like the global warming alarmists. Every time they say something, and the gun control activists, every time they say something and it doesn't pan out for them, they just say the opposite. And, you know, that way you're darned if you do, darned if you don't. We're always right. It's just one of those things. So the mission of the group is to, quote, reveal the naked truth about racism in America and unleash your power as white women to dismantle it. Basically, they want they want white women to go ahead and, and uh, dismantle white privilege uh, by accusing them of being racist and tools of white supremacy. Because, of course, white woman doesn't want to be a tool of white supremacy because I got news for you. Ninety nine point nine 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 nine. Repeat. Get my drift of Americans um, abhor racism. So you, you have that. OK, but. They want you to believe that there is this massive neo-Nazi culture in the United States of America, which doesn't exist. And they are convinced that even if you are not a neo-Nazi and overtly racist, you certainly are a tool of racism, no matter what. So even to the point of being nice. So we've already established that every primary educational tenant in the Western educational system is a tool of white supremacy. And now just being nice is a tool of white supremacy, too. Oh, and showing up on time is a tool of white supremacy and all of that stuff. These are all things that have been established over the past couple of years by these crazy activists 
who are doing nothing but telling people who happen to not be white to not do what is needed to get an advantage in the job market, which leads me to believe a whole host of things. A lot of these professors who espouse this crap, too, are pasty white people themselves, which makes you question the motives of them. Uh, So there you go. White women, we are talking about your complicity in upholding white supremacy and keeping us brown and black women down. Uh Uh-huh. Let's see. Our goal is to reveal white privilege, power, control, and your complicity in all of the above. By the way, um, they capitalize brown and black. They do not capitalize white. Just wanted to note that, which sounds a little bit like it's passive-aggressive racism there, Joe. A little bit. Anyway, 574-2595-3. So, white ladies, stop being so nice, okay? You've got to be mean to people, especially people who do not share your skin color. Ben, welcome to the program. All right, Casey. What's up? Okay, um... Obviously, I'm not a woman, but I am a person of color. And being that I believe you are white means that uh, that means you owe me a dinner. So I want to go to. <laughs> okay. I, I I want you to take me out to uh, let's see, uh, Moose Chris Steakhouse. Yeah, there you go. There, there, that that be that would that would show you how you are not a racist and. You can um, do all the nice things for me and uh, everything. And uh, Casey, um, now do I just have to take you to dinner though, or do I have to sit there and let you like shame me the entire night? Oh, well, then you know, well, that, well, yeah, obviously, you know, I got to include that also too. Can you, can you dress up like the nun from Game of Thrones and have a bell? Uh, well, I, I Let's make theater it. out of it at least. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe I better watch a couple episodes of the Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. All right. Lost you on that one. Well, there's. I I guarantee you, Ben. There's a lot of people laughing right now. All right. <laughs> Continue, please. Uh, anyway, uh, you know what? I don't care what what what. I don't care what you what you can do. You, you, don't you know you're always going to be a racist? I, I mean, you're just going to be a racist. I mean, it's... Well, they they said this themselves because they said that when you were born, if you were, mm-hmm. a, if you were a white person, you are born racist. So this is something that well, is ingrained in your DNA. So I don't know how you go against your... Well, okay, there's a couple of ways you go against your DNA now, I guess, with modern <laughs> medical procedures, I suppose that's possible. Um, and Michael Jackson certainly paved the way for that. Yeah. But yeah, it, I, folks, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, you know what? Yeah, I changed my mind. Not Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Okay. Uh, Thursday. Uh, oh, what's the Mexican restaurant on McKinley? That you uh, Monterey that? Mexican Bar and Grill. Oh yeah, I did Bruno's go. per Baco. I did that read yeah. earlier. Too. I, you know what? I got Prime Table. I got a bunch of places I could take you. Man. Well, I tell you what. Um, We'll just put it on the back burner for okay. now, okay? Now, to be fair, though, Ben, I have invited you to Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill once a quarter for like two years now, and you haven't showed up one time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> just... <laughs> hey, by the way, do they still serve uh, dragon's milk there? At Monterey? No, no. What was the place that served dragon's milk? Uh, you're probably thinking of temper. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would assume that they still have it. I haven't been to temper in a long time, but I assume that they would still have it, yeah. Then, then uh, that's 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 where I want to go. Ah, so right. you want some dragon's milk? Yeah. So you are a Game of Thrones fan. I get it. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. The dad jokes are flowing today, man. Yes, they are. All right. Hey, I I appreciate it, bud. Happy New Year, brother. Hey, Happy New Year. You take care. All right. All we right. got we got more coming up. News Talk ninety five three Michiana's news channel. About an hour ago, Joe Biden got busted whispering in a little kid's ear again. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say. Okay, look, just, just time out for a second, okay? If Joe Biden were a member of the clergy... This would be the biggest story on the Huffington Post, on the Washington Post, on the New York Times, MSNBC, everywhere, that this priest was going around constantly touching people and constantly whispering in people's ears and kissing kids on the top of the head at campaign events, and then talking about them touching his hairy legs and bouncing on his lap and cockroaches and everything else. So (laughs) the fact that this is, there is no evidence that you need that the media is running cover for this guy. There, there just is no more additional evidence you could possibly need. Forget about the political biases that happen. The fact of the matter is, if this guy were a a member of the church, this would be one of the biggest stories out there. But it's not because he's Joe Biden. That's just Uncle Joe. Now, speaking of impeachment, Senator Josh Hawley, he's Republican from Missouri, he has announced today that if Democrats do not deliver their articles of impeachment to the Senate as is required, he will introduce a measure on Monday to dismiss the articles of impeachment on January 6th. So basically what Josh Hawley is saying is, uh, look, you better deliver them now or else. Now, uh, he went on Twitter. He says, Dem said impeachment was urgent. Now they don't want to have a trial because they have no evidence in real world If the prosecution doesn't proceed with the case, it gets dismissed. So on Monday, we'll introduce measure to dismiss this bogus impeachment for lack of prosecution. Uh, This will expose Dem Circus for what it is, a fake impeachment abuse of the Constitution based on no evidence. Uh, By the way, there's no real charges either. Uh, Dems won't proceed with trial. Bogus articles should be dismissed and real Donald Trump fully cleared. Tag the president in the uh, in the post. Um, Good for him. Now, there's a couple of different theories. I've told you once. Uh, I have a lawyer friend. Actually, I think I said this at, um, at at a Pass the Mic event. I have a lawyer friend who sent me a theory, and I think he's actually um, given me an article that substantiates his theory. But he said that he thinks that they're trying to hold on to it until they win the, win the, ha- uh, win the Senate. And then I had somebody come up and say that they heard a legal expert say that they can't do that because technically it's a new Congress, and the articles of impeachment would have to be revoted on. Uh, I, I don't know the full legalities of it. Okay, so it's and then this this friend of mine sent me an article again substantiating what they were, what he was saying that they were going to try and hold on to it, but uh, I don't know if they actually can. So I've got to do a little bit more research, dive into that. There appears to be conflicting legal opinions about whether or not they can hold on to the articles of impeachment until after the November election. So we will see. Okay. 574-2595-953. Speaking of impeachment, a FISA judge has ordered the FBI to identify all cases involving the lawyer who allegedly altered the Carter Page email. This is the lawyers being uh, criminally 
investigated now. And this, of course, came out as a result of the investigation into the origins of the FISA abuse, Trump-Russia collusion story. The By the forgive me if I'm repeating things that got said over the past couple of weeks, okay? I haven't been here. So I'm trying to cover my bases, and I'm trying to give you stuff without diving too much into it in case you've heard it before, okay? Uh, the top judge on the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court ordered the FBI to review cases involving a bureau attorney who allegedly altered an email regarding Carter Page, and it's only allegedly because the conviction hasn't happened yet. We have all of the physical evidence, okay? Uh, judge Rosemary Collier ordered the review in a secret filing on December 5th, and that was in the Fisk release. Uh, Collier criticized the FBI for submitting false and misleading information in order to obtain surveillance warrants against Page, which they did. Uh, and again, it is quite interesting to watch all of these developments out there because all of these people in the press said that there was no surveillance. Uh, all of these people said there was no FISA warrants. There were FISA warrants. Then these people said that there was no lying to the FISA court. All of the evidence had been substantiated. And of course, now we know that none of that was true. Uh, the same members of the press said nobody was spying on Trump. The inspector general report showcased that there were, in fact, spies that were recruited and employed by the U.S. government to spy on Donald Trump and his campaign. Uh, all of these things. Uh, the initial reports, I mean, Judge Napolitano actually got suspended by Fox News, his employer, when he said British intelligence had assisted the Obama administration in spying on Trump and doing the whole Trump-Russia collusion thing. He was actually suspended, and Fox apologized, and then he was vindicated. A couple of weeks later, he was brought back, and people still continued to say that it was a lie. And all of us, by the way, all of a sudden, Napolitano's never Trumper after that happened. That's miraculous and convenient for the folks at Fox. And, of course, we ended up finding out that, in fact, the British did. Uh, they were used as a go-between, so that way the Obama administration would not be breaking any laws by spying on U.S. citizens. So <laughs> it's been, it has been quite an interesting circus. But basically, at the end of the day, and I know that you already know this, for those of you who have been paying attention, for those of you who haven't been paying attention, your head is probably spinning right now and you're wondering where I got all of this basement-dwelling fake news. Uh, the problem is that it's all FOIA released documents. That's the problem. And, of course, the Inspector General report and, uh, well, two Inspector General reports, I should say. And, of course, the FISA court themselves, uh, the same FISA court that had admonished the FBI before, back in 2017, for illegally spying on hundreds of Americans. The FBI super pinky promised that they would never do it again. And a few weeks ago, well, technically about a month, month and a half ago now, we found out that they continued to do it. So it is the culture of the FBI to illegally spy on people. And that was certainly something that was indicative of the Mueller administration and then, of course, the Comey administration. So this, they, the media has been wrong about this literally 100% of the time. And you have to get to a point, like I said, this is the same thing, I guess, when you talk about uh, climate alarmism, regardless of where you stand on that. At some point in time, an adult with a mature brain has to look at it and go, They've been wrong literally every time. And we've also caught them doctoring things and changing things around so that way they wouldn't be proven wrong. And then we caught them doing that. So at what point in time will my mature adult brain decide that maybe I shouldn't listen to them anymore? At least on this particular issue, because they consistently have been wrong 
And the times that they have been uh, proven right, we ended up finding out that they doctored the evidence in order to corroborate themselves, in order to um, hide the fact that they were wrong. So at some point, my mature adult brain, which happens uh, depending on who you talk to research-wise, your mature adult brain doesn't even uh, fully develop until your mid-20s to mid-30s, depending on the research. Some research says mid-20s, some says early 30s, some says late 30s. Uh, it just kind of depends. But at some point in time, you're going to have to look at these issues and go, yeah, they've been wrong literally every step of the way. Maybe I, I shouldn't take their word for it anymore on this particular topic. Now, speaking of, uh, I have been asked to address the, the tobacco age situation. Speaking of a mature brain in all, I am going to read for you one of the dumbest tweets of 2020. It's already a nominee, Joe, for dumbest tweets of 2020. It's and we are, be a long we are, it's going to be a long year. We are exactly from a fellow verified Twitter associate. We are exactly two days into this thing. Two days into it, and I have already. Oh, I've got to do the peak derp nominations. I forgot I didn't do the peak derp nomination. I didn't do any production value on that at all. It's been a heck of a couple of weeks for me. I apologize. Uh, so I, I launched the peak derp awards. Last year, started socking away nominees for Peak Derp. And so <laughs> I was going to print up uh, awards and send them to people and everything. So we'll, we'll see how that all goes down. But I, yeah, we're going to talk about the tobacco age thing. And I'm going to read you one of the dumbest tweets of all of 2020. Coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. You can also send a text message to 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. A couple of text messages to read here. Casey, if racism is in my DNA... I'm assuming this is a pasty white person writing me, then it would be a genetic disorder and should not be held against me. Uh, yeah. Made that argument a couple of times myself. If you are, in fact, born racist because you're white uh, and it is a genetic precursor sort of a thing, then, yeah, you would probably be protected by the Disability Act and <laughs> a whole host of things. That could be applied there. Like I said, they, they don't say anything that makes sense. They just say stuff. And if it's kind of like the climate change stuff, all right, if it's warmer, it's global warming. If it's colder, it's global warming. So it doesn't matter what is happening. They can take, they can blame the same issue. You know what I mean? So they just, they say this stuff when it comes to race issues, gun issues, doesn't matter. It, it's the amount of dumb on social media when it comes to firearms is astounding. You had this hero at this church who, by the way, is a firearms instructor, was uh, part of the, the church's security detail, one shot, drills this bad guy who wasn't allowed to possess a firearm anyway. And you've got Bloomberg and everybody else out there saying, well, he still shouldn't have had a gun. <laughs> you wanted more people to die? Now, you already killed two people, including one security person. 
And if that man hadn't killed him with one shot, if that man had not killed him, more people would be dead. And you've got people actually advocating for that. And do you know why they're advocating for that? Because if more people had died, then they could have stood on the graves of the dead people in that church and made another attempt to ban your firearms. And that's what they wanted to happen. That's the sick, twisted reality of everything. And they're running around. They're still saying that if if you are not a, a gun dealer, you can still go to a gun show and set up a booth and sell firearms. No, you can't. It's against the law. They're saying that if you are a felon, you can't pass a background check. So what you do is you go to the next state and you buy at a gun store there. I just read that one on Twitter. Just now. One of my listeners uh, retweeted it. They think these things. Now, the real question is, do you honestly think they're that dumb? Or are they just lying to people? And the answer on firearms is they are that dumb. They do not understand the issue. They have been lied to by these activist groups so much, including Michael Bloomberg, that they fall prey to this, well, fake news. None of that is true. None of that can happen. And not only is it debunked, but it's debunked by the inmates themselves in prison when they are surveyed about how they got their firearm. But they don't care. Uh, Casey, did you hear about the Pope and slapping a woman's hand away from him? Yes, saw the video. She was there to plea with the Pope about communist China and their policies. And I watched the debate. I think it's an interesting debate. Now, I will say it's not how I would have handled it, uh, nor the videos of people shaking the Pope's hand and him yanking his hand away from them after one millisecond of shaking their hand. Um, I, you know, again, it's, it's not how I necessarily would have handled it, but I'm not the Pope. And there's a couple of things here. So let me just, in my effort to be the devil's advocate, <laughs> sorry for the phraseology, okay? In my effort to be devil's advocate here, I have heard people say that he pulls his hand away from people when they shake his hand. This is not the incident involving this woman, but a companion video that people have been sharing with it is because he doesn't want them kissing his hand because he believes it is... Uh, false uh, uh, idolatry, okay? So there appears to be a legitimate reason why he is pulling his hand away, even though to the casual observer, especially if you're not Catholic, it might look like he's just being a jerk. All right? Now, with that said, I'm not a fan of this pope. All right? I'm not defending him as a pope or a person. I think he says a lot of things that, frankly, are very feeble-minded. But beyond that, this woman did grab his hand and yank him. If you watch the video, he shook her hand, she held on to it, and she kind of pulled him towards her. Now, at that point, you've got to deal with a couple of different things running through your head now if you if you are the Pope. One, she's being rude and she's grabbing my hand. Two, is she going to kill me? Because he doesn't know. He doesn't know who she is. So, yes, I think that that has come off pretty rude. Yes, that happens to me regularly as well. Yes, I view it as being very rude. Not one time have I punched somebody in the mouth because they've done it. Does my guard go up when it happens? Yes, absolutely. And I am in no way, shape, or form as exposed or threatened as the Pope is. People want to kill the Pope. 
I suppose people want to kill me too, but more people want to kill the Pope and are probably more motivated to do so than would be motivated to do that to me. So, yes, I saw the video. Uh, again, to, to just be kind of fair here, she did grab his hand and kind of pull him in. She was trying to tell him something. I'm not criticizing the woman's mission there. Her mission was to talk to the Pope about communist China's policies and how atrocious they are, which is something that, frankly, he shies away from, which I find interesting. And you could say that she just did it the wrong way. Now, she's desperate. I get that. She's doing everything she can to get him to listen. I I get that. But grabbing somebody who is walking through and shaking people's hands and pulling him towards you is probably not the wisest thing to do. And frankly, she's lucky that he only slapped her hand away because his security team could have gotten much more aggressive with her than the Pope did. Um, But I I did see the video, and again, in the interest of being fair, I, I think that the way that she handled herself could easily put him on the defensive, and that is why he slapped her hand and pulled his hand away. Um, so, again, just trying to be fair. But, yes, I did see it. And I think it is an interesting story, and it has been interesting watching Catholics themselves even debate one another about the Pope's conduct with, with those types of situations. Anyway, 574-2595-953. We'll talk about the tobacco age thing. I think I'm going to do it at 5 o'clock because I'm not going to have enough time to do it here, but I will talk about the widow tax. Now, the widow tax has been rescinded. We'll talk about that coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. You know, there's a lot of Trump wins out there that aren't just wins for him because they're wins for us or for specific individuals. And if you are a widow of a member of the military, he, he gave you a pretty big win. There's this widow tax that is out there, which is a tax on widows of people who are married to service members who die. It's an actual tax because your spouse died in service of the country. I want you to think about that for just a second. Because again, this is one of those things that normal people would say is egregious. The idea that you are taxed because your spouse dies is bad enough. The idea that you are taxed because your spouse dies while serving the country and is taxed by the people who sent them on that mission should turn anybody's stomach. This has been an issue for a long time in the military. And President Trump signed the National Defense Authorization Act, was it the last Friday? And after 40 years of trying to repeal this tax, it's finally repealed. Surviving families joined forces with advocates and lawmakers to pass nonpartisan legislation with Congress, putting actions in front of words and dollars in the hands of those who paid the ultimate price. Now, for the record, I want you to understand something. This has been a 40-year battle. Why is it after 40 years is it only bipartisan? Why did it take 40 years to pass something that is a no-brainer to everyone in the country? Including people in California and New York who have less people who go beyond the ninth grade than those in Kentucky. Talked about that earlier for those of you who are now all of a sudden confused that Kentucky is more educated than California and New York. They are. (laughs) Per capita. The widow's tax 
was a long-standing policy oversight that affected over 65,000 military survivors. When a service member dies while on active duty or from a military-related illness, their families may be eligible for both the survivor benefit plan and dependency and indemnity compensation. Because of concurrent receipt laws, these are provisions that basically avoid double dipping, if you will, uh, in government benefits. So uh, the idea is that if you're getting one benefit for one thing, you can't then use that same benefit with a different program and double dip, okay? So because of concurrent receipt laws, for every dollar paid out via the DIC, $1 was deducted or offset from the SBP insurance payment. This offset cost families roughly $11,000 a year. Not only have these families lived through the nightmare of losing a spouse or a loved one, but they had to fight to stay afloat both emotionally and financially. This is militaryfamilies.com. So for 40 years, they have been trying to fix this thing, and it took 40 years to finally get bipartisan support and get this thing through. I don't need to give you the history of which party was where on this. It doesn't matter. It never should have taken 40 years to fix this. But it did. And you would think that everybody would be able to at least look at this and go, all right, here's what I don't understand with with politics, right? This is just something that I don't get, and, and I don't know. I, I, I fail to see how I could possibly be one of the, the more adulting people in the room. It's... <laughs> Let's be honest, the shenanigans that I do, my nature, I shouldn't be one of the biggest adults in the room, ever, right? Ever. But I routinely find myself in that capacity, and I don't know why. I suppose for some of you, it's loneliness, laziness, need to belong, whatever. Why is it that we're at a point now where we we can't disagree with somebody overall, but still like something that they did. One little thing. Why, why, why can we not do that as a nation anymore? Think of it as individuals. Honestly. Even, and it, it seems to really just apply to politics. There are many people out there who have abusive parents, who are now adults, right? Who can still look back and go, at least they did this one positive thing for me. Right? But we can't do that with politics. There's a lot of people out there who probably love and admire the military and probably feel horrible when somebody dies and they feel bad for their spouse. But I'm willing to bet there's a lot of those people out there based on the lack of tweeting about this. But there's a lot of people out there who will not say that this is a positive, a positive win and that the president should be congratulated for doing it. Why? Because they don't like him. Now, this is the same thing. It happened with Obama. There's a lot of people who refused to even say, I'm glad he said, go kill bin Laden. Now, there was a fight and a legitimate fight about how much credit he gets for the overall success of that mission. But that's when that happened, I was just trying to get people to go, look, he could have said no, don't do it. And we lived through that too. Bill Clinton said no, don't get him. And then we got 9-11. 
So he could have said no, but he didn't. And yes, he benefited absolutely from all of the operations that were undertaken under the Bush administration and even through his administration. 100%. No, he wasn't on the ground. No, he didn't put a bullet in bin Laden's head. I, I get that. But can't you just stop for a second and go, well, at least he said yes, I, I support him in that. And there were so many people who couldn't. So many people who couldn't. And I'm sorry, but his credit card reform thing was... You know, it didn't go far enough, but it was a huge benefit to most Americans. Huge benefit. Nobody could say on the right. Nobody could say it was it was good. Couldn't do it. Couldn't give them the win, right? And now, every time Trump has a win, no, nobody can give him nobody can give him any kudos whatsoever. A forty-year fight for widows of members of the military who were killed because the government sent them somewhere. And after 40 years, it finally happened. And people can't say, well, at least he did this. I don't like him much the rest of the time, but this was a good thing. All right, we'll talk about this age limit in tobacco and vaping coming up 95.3 MNC.